Welcome to the Black Girl in College podcast, where we are two black girls sharing our experiences of this bumpy journey called college. In doing so, we hope to create a comfortable and safe space for those who may relate to our experiences. We are your hosts, Kiki and Mo. And on today's episode, we will be talking about mental mental health. health. So to start off the podcast, we're just going to start with a few statistics on college students with their mental health from the Mayo Clinic Health System. So one in three college students will experience significant depression and anxiety. In college, 75% of students who struggle with depression and anxiety are reluctant to seek help. And going along, there are a couple things that um, researchers have done, and they found out a few things that college students are struggling with when it comes to their mental health, well, that affects their mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing is the pressure to, to succeed. Students may overwork themselves. I mean, I've heard of students having, like, two jobs, being a full-time student, um, just trying to, like, get to, I don't know, their goal, that American dream, whatever the case may be. So do you, like, do you feel that way as well? Do you ever, like, feel like you've fallen into, like, okay, I'm overworking myself? Um, definitely, yeah, overworking myself. Um, like you said, some students also neglect their personal needs, and by some students, I mean me. Um, shout out to my cousin, but he actually texted me today asking me if I ate. But I do yes. sometimes, like, okay, I'm busy. I'm not going to eat mm-hmm. right now. I'll skip a meal or something and put my health aside. So I feel like the pressure to succeed will make you overwork because you feel like you have to do A-plus quality on all mm-hmm. your assignments, and True. you'll stay up late. This week I've been doing early morning, late nights. Mm-hmm. Um, how you specifically, do you feel like you overwork yourself sometimes, and what does that look like? Um, so, like, I'm going to say no, but I feel like if I say the next thing, you're going to be like, that's definitely overworking yourself. Because, mm-hmm. like, I have an on-campus job, and I'm starting, like, my off-campus job. But, I mean, one of them the on-campus job might go because, like, I just need to prioritize myself. I'm going to try to see how it goes with handling two jobs and being a full-time student. Um, And then if I just have to make that tough decision, I just have to make it. I don't feel like my health, especially my mental health, is, like, worth risking. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And I feel like sometimes as college students, we might normalize overworking ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're supposed to spend this amount of hours on homework. You have to pull yes. an all-nighter every once in a while if you want to be successful. So I feel like Facts. that can really play along with overworking ourselves. You may mm-hmm. feel like, like, think you're not overworking yourself, but you are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It'll catch up eventually. Like you said, because we normalize it. So it's like, oh, this is normal. I've did this for three hours or I'm at work for eight hours knowing I got to wake up or go to school in two hours, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then, like, I swear in all my classes this semester, right in the beginning, it's like on the syllabi too, and they're like, you're supposed to spend two hours per class hour on your studies. Mm-hmm. So if you have a class for two hours, they're expecting you to spend four hours outside of class on that. That's not going to fit in. And mm-hmm. imagine the people who are trying to make those times and be like real strict with those times and make them fit in. Like, no, some assignments you're not going to spend four hours on. Like, that sounds ridiculous. Right. Like, and no. working third shift as a college student is crazy. I bet it is. I bet, I bet those. I ain't never did that, but I know people <laughs> who do it. I just, yes. I just feel like that's crazy, especially if you got to get up at 8, 9 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So True. what's the next statistic from the Mayo Clinic? Okay, so the second one was financial worries. And I definitely feel like if you haven't yet, you're you're definitely going to start, you know, having some financial worries. You know, just worrying about the future and then 
like, can you afford what you want in the future? But worrying also about college tuition. Like, tuition is high everywhere. Like, you know, other people may be like, oh, you have it lower, but I still think $20,000, you know, a year is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, like, agree with that? Yeah, I think finance is definitely a struggle. Um, maybe from a different perspective, too, though, because I know you said, like, in the future and all that, like, taking loans and tuition, but finances can be a struggle also in the now. Like, mm-hmm. what do we have to pay for right now? Like, me... Personally, I don't, I'm not really worried about my tuition. I never have been. I enroll every semester, not knowing how that U-Bill will get paid, but, it get but paid. that's me personally. Um, but right now, I guess the, the stressors are more so like, I need money now. Yes. I don't care about that loan. I don't have to pay off until a few years. Like, I'm not worried mm-hmm. about that, but I would like some money right now. So yes. I feel like that can be a stressor, just being scared of like what random expenses could pop up. I don't have extra money to afford, like random True. emergency funds and mm-hmm. All that extra stuff. So no, I yeah. do think finance is definitely a stressor. That's a conversation, that topic that really goes around as a college student. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Because it's like like you just mentioning, like, it's the random emergency pops up. Like, I don't have money for that. And I was trying to. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, it's I don't want to have, like, okay, of course you want to have money to spend a little bit. But I want to have money in my account just in case, like, what if something happens to my tire? Right. Or I get this random bill or something on my U-bill or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't have money to cover those emergencies. And that definitely can cause some sadness. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's a struggle. Like, because I think the perception that people give about causes, you kind of have to have it together before you get there. If you do, by the time, like, the first semester, you're not. You're mm-hmm. not. It's going to definitely reconstruct you. Like, you thought you had it together. You're not. You know, because mm-hmm. there's some things you probably prioritize that you didn't need to. Or college is really going to show you the reality your high school teachers lied to you. It's not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Very ghetto. Oh, for sure. So the third one, um, worrying about the future, which we already kind of touched on. Um, society promotes for high school students to immediately go into college. You don't want to waste any time. Um, and unfortunately, that is not how it works all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, worrying about the future I would say, like, from what I've seen personally, like, in real life, in college, it's not even more so worried about the future as in, what am I going to do after graduation? Unless mm-hmm. it's a senior, but it may be worried about the future as in, like, the next couple months. Like, yes. what am I doing now that's going to affect the next couple months? But me just seeing other people tear themselves apart and also from past experiences, I just learned to be present. Like, I'm not – I don't even know what I'm doing next week. I haven't looked that far on my calendar, but it's just, like, when you – look too far ahead and you start worrying too far about the future even that one week ahead like you start to overwhelm yourself and mm-hmm. just I don't know that's really just builds anxiety for me personally that's why I take it one day at a time I don't like looking ahead in my calendar and my schedule mm-hmm. and all that so yeah no for sure and I mean it's still like it's still good to plan out but I do like that you touched on like plan out but then come back to this week come back to this day like don't mm-hmm. worry about okay this assignment is due next week at this time it's going to, you're going to figure it out. Like, just stay focused on the present and the now. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. Well, I still stay on top of my schoolwork, but I just don't like. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you still plan for the future, but you come back and worry mm-hmm. about the now. Yeah, what am I going to do now for right. that? But, um, so now that we got all those statistics out, kind of just like groundwork um, backed up by evidence, now we're going to talk about our personal experiences with just like mental health in colleges. Would you like to start on that? Mm-hmm. Um, my first experience with mental health was obviously way before college, and 
it everybody knows well most people know middle school is a place where kids are really starting to discover themselves you know mm-hmm. what I mean like now you're starting to question a lot of things um and like it was going around I don't want to say like a stomach bug or something but kids are becoming sad you know I think it's just reality starts to set in or you start just things are going crazy in your mind like you're still a child and you, it's like you're trying to rush yourself and figure things out and you're not confident who you are but I just realized and my parents realized too I was just sad a lot more than normal like it consistently continued to happen I didn't have like a good outlook on life I like completely I guess had made a 180 in like a negative direction mm-hmm. and that's when you know just going to the doctors and stuff and therapy that like I had depression and in my family it you know in most black families you don't really talk about mental health in the black community they feel like it's taboo um I've heard a lot and it's like to me it's like so close minded people are like oh that's a white people problem it's not a white people problem depression don't care what you look like it's going to want to get you just like cancer it don't care what you look like mm-hmm. it's not coming for anybody specific so I was definitely like the introduction to mental health in my family you know helping them open their minds and understand what it was questioning what it was um so yeah that's middle school was the first time that i started to experience things with like my mental health mental illness and it it affected me through school through work um everyday life and i mean it was a struggle from then like once it happened it's like you can't like not think about it anymore mm-hmm. so how about you um before we go to me just question how's that look in college like So it started mm-hmm. in middle school. Have you feel like it gotten worse or better over time and what does it look like right now in college this mm-hmm. last 3 years like well, right and um, how you've been managing I guess right cuz that was the question but my bad um it started then I feel like now like well before like I said before I I got to you and I I went to Scott Community College and like my first semester there I had a very very depressive episode and um i almost really wanted to drop out of school like it was it was probably the worst i've ever felt in the lowest point i've ever got to and like my mom can recall that phone call to this day um so from there like knowing how low it can go for me helps me understand like when i'm starting to feel those type of ways i can like, i can identify like okay i felt this before how did i fix it what do i need to do you know like to change it up so i don't become too depressed anymore So now in college I don't feel as if I am depressed. I feel like sometimes it can peak up cuz simply like you said just worrying about the future, you know, doing things like I'm not worried about the now, stopping to smell the roses type of stuff. I'm too focused on other things that I don't have control over yet. So, I don't think that it doesn't affect me like I personally don't deal with it anymore, but I do see it around me and it I mean it's, of course I'm still interested and helping that change the climate in my campus of like making students more aware and you know dropping those stigmas and like making students I don't want to say proud in having a mental illness but you need to recognize that you have it and like want to get help. I can't force help on you, but mm-hmm. you know hopefully making students aware and interested in the issue because like I said before one in three students will have depression and anxiety in college. They will experience it. So it's just like you know what I mean like just making them more interested in it. But yeah, just making students more interested in it. Like I said, I'm not personally dealing with it anymore, but it still affects me because it affects the people around me. Mm-hmm. It affects the climate. So, how about you? Um, I would say like I ain't really had no mental health problems before college, but when I have started uh college, this is my first time really experiencing like anxiety. Um 
I actually had my first anxiety attack in college, um, struggling with unmotivation, um, serious depression episodes that would affect all aspects of life, like um, just literally moving day to day. First time feeling extreme loneliness, and this is the most I've ever cried in my entire life. So, <laughs> honestly, college, I love it. College is crazy. Yes. But I feel like for me, like like you said, after that first semester, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was really after the second year of college because I feel like that the, that depression, anxiety, is very sneaky. Like, yes. It'll build up slowly, and then it'll be that one breaking point. You just fall apart, and it's like, <clears throat> Sorry. After that one breaking point, you just realize, like, what happened? Where, where did this all come from? Like, mm-hmm. I thought I had this under control. So, like, it's it really is hard. I don't know. So, for me, in college, the first year, it was more so lonely. I started college 2020, yeah. So, right. it was just the fact that I'm sitting in one room all day. Mm-hmm. I go to work. It was literally room, work, apartment, work. Like, there was no other locations I was hitting talking to roommate, that's it. There was no other interaction. Going mm-hmm. to college is supposed to be a grand experience, not meeting a single person. You're not meeting anybody online. You're not making friends online. So that part was just kind of lonely. But when I did transfer to Scott, it was better just having my family there. But I was still just struggling with, like, the um, anxiety. I feel like they're just being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I've learned from that just to not look too far ahead in your schedule. Like, right. So then that's, that's what makes you overwhelmed. You feel like you have so much to do and so little time um but it was really last year I don't Mm -hmm. even know like it was just a lot going on it was a lot of experiences I ain't even gonna talk about but I feel like this year I'm doing better I have a routine but Mm -hmm. that's what it's looked like every year I get better just because like I said I do have a lot of um regimens and and routines in place to prevent stuff from building up over time obviously like life don't happen or doesn't work that way like there's gonna be something unexpected that is really messes with you but right that's what it's been looking right right now um just because i have been working on my faith and my relationship with god i feel like that's really helped because yes. it's only the it's actually midterm right now mm-hmm. and when this goes up it'll probably be like a little past midterm but well, look on your midterms <laughs> yeah it'll probably be a little past midterms but yeah. um just me being at this point in a semester and not having a single mental breakdown is amazing for me so snaps I just love that, you know. I I haven't I cried once this semester, but that was not even school related, so I'm not even gonna talk about it. But it's healthy crying though, you know. What <laughs> no, I mean? there is the healthy crying, crying, but it's just like the fact that mm-hmm. it hasn't been beating me up. I feel like it does get better over. T- no, it doesn't get better over time. Wait, no, what's the saying? It doesn't get easier. You just get better. Yes, you get. Yeah, better Yeah, that's at the saying. You get better at it. You learn how right. to manage it and how to you become work around it. it. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. So, with that being said, how has now we're going to introduce being black with mental health. How has that, you know, played a role in um, your mental health challenges or the challenges you just see in general with mental health? Um, me, I really had to learn vulnerability on my own. That is not something that's been taught to me or passed down. That's something I discovered, um, I think it was when I was 17 years old. It was literally the beginning of... The year, it was junior year, but it was the second term. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that time I was um, just in a really low point. That's when I first ever felt depressed ever in my life. Mm-hmm. But um, after that point, it was just really, I realized I have to open up to somebody. And that's when I started my vulnerability journey and just trying to, like, get better at 
expressing myself. I just feel like mental health and like these just aren't typical discussions in a black household, like we said. And for me, it wasn't like, I want to say it wasn't because my parents were very open to these conversations. It just didn't look the way I needed it to look like. And um, it's really just the way it's been passed down from time after time. Like, I mm-hmm. remember a comment my little brother told me, like he said, I've never seen you cry. You never cry. And that was like a turning point for me. Cause yeah. I'm like, what is you talking about? I cry every other night. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do you mean I've never cried? And that really showed me I need to be vulnerable because if he sees his big sister being strong and never crying, he might he think that's think all. It's, it's okay. Right. Like, oh, well, he's going to think that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody cries. Even if they act tough, everybody cries. I'm sorry. Everybody so cries. I don't if care he sees that says. his big sister never cries, then he might start to feel like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I'm not tough enough. Like, my sister can go without crying. Like, right. then there's something wrong with me. I don't want anybody to feel like that. I want to be a better example and mm-hmm. start to break these barriers and stuff like that. Um, and just, uh, I guess, overall, I just kind of started my journey of just even bringing up the idea of therapy to my mom, like in a black household. I know she didn't try that before. I don't know if any of my other family members tried therapy, but from what I know, nobody mm-hmm. tried that before. So it's just like, in a black household, how do you bring up the conversation of therapy like it just looked different um it was hard for me like I've been thinking about it for a long time I already done my research but it's like right it got to the point like oh I actually need my mom insurance you said I so I got to like a slideshow to right, you. like dang so th- that really put me at a stopping point mm-hmm. I'm just like how do I tell her I need insurance for therapy because she's gonna see she's gonna get that letter in the in the mail talking about I use her insurance so right I feel like that was just like a, a breaking point for me like not breaking point, but it was like really put a pause on me trying to take care of myself just because mm-hmm. like being black, like if, I don't know how it is in other households, but maybe not being a minority saying, mom, I need therapy. I'm sad. That might just be something you say in a black household. Like Mm-mm. not saying that your parents aren't open, but it's just starting that conversation. Cause if you've never seen that conversation, how do you start a conversation? You don't even know exactly what it looks like. So for me, just like trying to say, my mom, I, I want to try therapy. Like, mm-hmm. that was a a tough conversation for me. Like, voice cracking the whole time. Yeah. Throat dry. Can barely get my words out. And, you know, like, why you need therapy? Like, what's going on? And stuff and like it's that. Hard to, trying to explain. Yeah, but, but I say it's hard to explain because it's just like, I just want to tell you and, like, hopefully I can just get it. You know, I don't have to explain to you, but just explain to the therapist. Mm-hmm. And I think it really also comes from just, like, a lack of vulnerability in the community, too. Just because, yes. like... Obviously, it's getting passed down, and people are really doing better in breaking the generational curse, but at the same time, people aren't practicing vulnerability. They're trying to talk Mm -hmm. about mental health, but it's like, how are you preaching mental health when you can't even be real about what you're going through? Like, you you know, sometimes you got to tell people, you have to say the words, "Um, I'm depressed, I have depression depression disorder. Like, you have to say those words so people understand, Mm -hmm. oh, that's, because I can't sit here and preach mental health if I just look like I'm living the happiest life, the perfect life. Not saying that you just have to go around telling people what your mental health look like, but at the same time, you got to be real with others so people can actually learn from you and look up to you and see that, okay, there's two sides to every story. Because right. right now, everybody only sees one. So just kind of bringing that back to you, like being black and trying to address mental health. How, how mm-hmm. has that looked for you and how has your blackness like played a role in your mental health? Mm-hmm. So um, like I mentioned before, one of the things that I heard a lot as a child and that was just thrown around the black community was that mental health was a white people's problem. Like, it's, it doesn't affect us. 
And obviously that's not true because, like I said before, mental, don't, mental health don't care what you look like. Like, it can happen to anybody. Um, and I I want to be a future social worker. So, I don't know. I felt like it was within me a long, long time ago as a child. Like, God put it. God put exactly how he's going to use us mm-hmm. within us a long time ago. Of course, we have to discover it. Um, I don't know how it was presented to my mother, but she put my sister and I and my brother in therapy as a child. Um so it also helped because my sister and I, along with my brother, me and my brother did not meet our sister until she was 13 years old. We didn't grow up. I didn't grow up with my sister around. So it was it was healthy for us to be able to introduce each other and actually create that bond because they're actually my best friends. Like my whole family, well, my immediate family, that is, they are my best friends. And I think my mom putting us in therapy as a child, it really knocked away that, like, that stigma or that stereotype of that this is a white people's problem because actually my therapist was a black woman and that gave me a very good view because I wanted to do what she was doing. You know, I didn't know yet I wanted to be a social worker and that this is exactly, you know, what it took to be one, but I knew that, okay, like she's helping me, like I want to make people feel good. You know, I didn't know later on I would start serving God and turning my life and, you know, now I'm asking God to show me how I should serve. Um, So I think that really, well, well, that definitely really helped um, break the stereotype for me and introduce it to my family. Like, we still were a household, a household that didn't talk about it. Like, there was a lot of trauma going on, um, mm-hmm. especially with my sister not being around for so long. It was a lot going on between her and my mother. Like, I can't even imagine being a mother and your child hasn't been around for so long without your say. Right. It wasn't like my mom had a say in that. Um, so that also helped open the doors for my family, for us to be able to talk about it. We kind of still, I guess, walked on eggshells around it. Um, I definitely felt like me recognizing the life that my parents had before me and why they were so hurt at times, it helped me understand them and also forgive them. Because yes, there are times where your parents don't understand you and they may say mean things to you or things you don't understand and you feel like they're not giving you the love or the care that you need to a certain extent. And it helped me forgive them because they didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. They didn't have it. Like, why are you out the house at 14? Why are you on your own at 14, at 16? Like, I can't, I feel... I don't want to say sorry. I just empathize with my parents. Like it helps me not to judge them and understand them more and learn from their mistakes. So that I also I don't need to repeat them to know what I should should have and shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it also helps me understand them and build a relationship with them. Um, so yeah, I feel like for me being black, I had like the opposite role of most people. You know, like of course we didn't know how to talk about it, but like my mom introducing us to therapy really like opened my eyes at a young age. Like it just made me understand that it's okay when you don't feel normal because you're going to experience that. Of course, as a child, you don't you don't understand to a certain degree until you continue to mature and stuff like that. But it helped me realize like sometimes life is gonna be hard and mm-hmm. you you gonna go through some stuff. And then it helped me understand that I may not always have to go to a therapist. I can just go to my parents because now we're talking about it. You know what I mean? So right. for me, that definitely helped. So how has, sorry, so with all that we said about like mental health, how was like, how are you overcoming these experiences of working on mentoring, bettering your mental health? Uh, what's worked? What hasn't worked? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, like, 
I I personally took on breaking generational like traumas within our family. Um, I feel like it's definitely, like I said, I introduced mental health to my parents. Like we weren't talking about it, um, so making them open to it, so that when my brothers, my brother and my sister started to go through their own situations, we were already at a point where we can talk about it and try to understand each other and support one another. Um, so having to do that, it just opened, you know, me and my family to be closer than ever. Um, having physical support, like I said, for my family, but of course you are like probably the only other person outside of my family I can't, like, I can't even think of anybody else that I would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we just, I don't know, like, I'm not saying we go through the same things, but we just get each other. And that, that's really, that's really hard to find, like understanding someone, having empathy to them listening, especially loyalty. Um, like we completely, we have, we discuss what our friendship is and we mm-hmm. respect it. And I really like cherish that because I've been through my own trial and tribulation with friends and it really hurts when you know you have confrontation with your friends. And, you know, for somehow, my parents are always right when they're like, that person's not for be your friend for long. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they know, but I don't know if it's a parent thing, but they know. Mm-hmm. Um, taking mental breaks from like social media and stuff like that. Like on my phone now, like, I tell people all the time who ask me for my Snapchat or whatever, because, you know, that's kind of, mm-hmm. like, the thing to do in college, you know, some right. communicating stuff. I'm like, it's on my last slide on my phone, and I put a time limit on it, a time limit on it, and I also turn off notifications. Right. So it just limits me from being on social media. Of course, I, I made sure I go through, and, like, recently I did it. I'm following people. I'm like, oh, I just followed them because they were funny. I'm looking at their content more. I don't want that on my page. You right. know, actually following things that I want and that I feel God wants me to see. Um, you know, simply just journaling, doing walks when I can, um, creative activities, you know, I like to paint and stuff like that, just hang it up, or also in my room, I have um, my uh, four favorite Bible scriptures, my favorite one is Exodus fourteen fourteen. 14, um, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace, um, is in my room and I framed it, and then the most important one that has really helped me ever overcome these experiences is like my relationship with God. Like mm-hmm. having God has given me the other three to be able to continue overcome these experiences. Having a relationship with Him first and foremost has just like elevate, elevated me as a person. It's definitely gave me like He switched out my glasses to help me really see things for what they were, especially like the good, bad, and the ugly. Like it's not always good. You know, I have to go through the dirt. Mm-hmm. And stuff, you know, you got to go through the wilderness. And, it, you know, his, like my relationship with him, it's at the best that it has ever been. Um, you know, I'm still fairly new to it. It's only been like, what, two years? But, like, I wouldn't change for anything. I don't regret it. Like, now that I, I have it, I can't even imagine, like, if I hadn't. Like, I've been missing this all this time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could just even draw. Or, like, you know what I mean? It, like, draw how much I love God and how much he loves me. And how much he has changed my life. But, like, I just hope people get to experience it on your own. Because, like, you do not have to struggle on your own. And knowing that I don't makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. You know? So, for you, how have you overcome these experiences? Well, some uh, some of my ways are dissimilar to yours. I will have to agree with, like, my relationship with God. Like, he does make life easier in a sense. Like, I just know every situation is temporary or there's going to be a greater purpose in every situation, regardless of what it is. Like, even just reflecting on my past and all my negative and terrible experiences I had, I'm now able to say thank you, except for one of them. I'm not going to lie. I'm still trying to 
see what God was trying to send me. But like all my experiences, I could say, thank you. Like I needed that. That really taught me this or that really taught me this. And I'm using that skill now. So my relationship with God like, has really helped me in just having an understanding that everything's going to be all right in the end. You're sad now. Cry about it now. You'll be fine later. Um, also, like the social media breaks, I definitely do that too, screen time. And overall, I was just like, like, sorry, I would just say that um, I've been really specific and picky with my time. Yes. What do I want to see? Who do I want to be around? Like, I just been, I guess, more self-respect. Who do, what do I want in my life? What do I want influencing me? Just being self-aware about what does influence me. So, like you said, I unfollow so many people. I literally have two people on my Snapchat from high school. Obviously, I'm not beefing with my whole high school. I'm right. not beefing with a single person, but it's just like, why am I looking at these people that add no value to my life? Why mm -hmm. am I seeing this negativity? Okay, they're twerking on their Snap. That's a cool person in person, but do I want to see this? No. I'm going to unadd that person. Period. Um, not just social media, but also in real life. Like, okay, you guys mm -hmm. are my friends, but... What are what's gonna be going on? Do I actually want to be around that? Am I gonna actually be smiling and laughing? Am I just gonna be present, or am I gonna actually be present, as in right. actively present? Do I want to be there? So just having that respect with my time. Um, the biggest thing for me right now, and I can really preach about this right now because because period it's recent. Get but into it. This um, I guess I just realized I need silence, a certain mm -hmm. amount of silence in a day. So. For me, like I said, last school year, it was kind of rough with my mental health. And my mindset was just like, okay, the school year is about to be over. I'm about to be straight. Spent mm -hmm. more than half of the summer feeling depressed. And it's like, and when it was the summer, I'm just like, bro, it's summer. I've been out of school, so what's my excuse now? What is my excuse to be feeling like this? And I just feel, realized I haven't had enough silence to actually sit in my emotions. So every night, regardless of how late it is, how past my bedtime it is, I'm always going to do my routine. I'm always going to make sure I journal, meditate, pray, and clear my mind. And I feel like I really, like, I know that it's really working for me because this past week I fell off of that routine just because I've been out of town the past two weekends, mm -hmm. which means I haven't done schoolwork the past two weekends. So this week has really just been, like, putting school first, like, late, early mornings, late nights, like I said before, just kind of putting, prioritizing that. So mm -hmm. these... Um, Sorry, my mouth is dry. You're but good. these past couple of days, I haven't been, like, on my routine. I haven't been – I just go straight to bed. And it's really shown because these past two nights specifically, I've had bad sleep insomnia. I can't go to sleep just because it's too much on my mind. So, like, when I really got back into my routine last night, it just, like, okay, I could sleep good for once. So that just kind of proves, like, you do need to stay self-disciplined. Mm -hmm. So just having silence. I feel like you need to just acknowledge your emotions for what they are, don't brush them off because once you brush them off, it's just all gonna add up and it's really going, it's gonna really kick you. So just being able to just sit there, cause even last night when I did take that time to put silence in my day, mm -hmm. I ended up just like for 40 minutes, just journaling, praying, meditating. Cause it's like, wow, I thought I was having a good week, but I really had so much on my mind mm -hmm. and so much building up and so many things, like not saying they're all negative, but just like simple stuff like, oh, you need to do this and this and this and this and this. I shouldn't have been ignoring those thoughts. I should have sat and, like, you know, just sit in your feelings, sit mm -hmm. in your thoughts. So for me, it's really just taking time to be silent has helped with my mental health. Um, also, a big thing is having um, in-person support. So obviously there's, like, therapy and counseling and, like, you know, self-help methods and all that, but you need 
intimate connection, emotional mm -hmm. intimacy. Like you need to talk to other people. For me, that's really helped. It's hard sometimes, but just like you have to tell somebody about it. Mm -hmm. And if you, I know it's hard. Like for me, for a long time, it's like I, have, I felt like I had nobody to talk to. I don't feel like that anymore, but just talking to yourself. I don't know. Just talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. There's times where I talk to a stranger, I open up to them. Maybe for them that was a lot, but it just, they probably aren't going to check back with me. They don't even know me. But just being able to talk to a random person, mm -hmm. having that connection and feeling them um, empathize with you, it just really helps. Um, and then also just like self-help methods in general, just like um, journaling, meditation, exercise. I don't do that often, I'm not going to lie. Just because it's like the sour, then sweet type of thing. You know, Facts. where when you're exercising in the moment, it don't feel good. But then after, it's like, I feel good. So I don't mm -hmm. do that that much. But also being in nature, just like going on walks, getting fresh air, and mm -hmm. just observing my environment, and just remember to be present. So right. um, moving forward, does your school have any mental health resources? Um, so on my campus, they have the Student Health Center, and they offer counseling in there. Um, I know that it's free. I think up to a certain amount of counseling sessions you can have. Um, and then, which is very helpful, because I mean, it's on campus, you don't have to travel out. And say for people like me, like I am two and a half hours away from where I normally, you know, am. Like I'm not, I'm still getting new, new to the area around me. So it's very helpful for me to go on campus and utilize my resources than going off campus. Um, the second one would be, there's like a wellness center so there, I like I mentioned like I mentioned it because they have like activities and stuff you could do. Like we said, you know, nature walks, journaling, and stuff like help. But for some people, maybe it's like getting active too. Like they got rock climbing. They have like some people host events there. They're like artsy events and stuff like that. Um, so there's just there's a lot of stuff you can do, you know. So yeah, that's about the only resources that I know of for right now that we have on our campus. Do you guys have any? Um, we also have the same thing. Like we do have our um, counseling services, and then also the student rec center. But I will say, like um, counseling and therapy are not the same. True. Like even last year when I was looking into the counseling services, like it's like you really have to dig for these resources that they swear that they have, that they swear they care about your mental health. But it's just like, how much do you guys really care? Like this one session, this two session here and there, you're going to mm -hmm. forget who I am. It's going to be a new person, this and that. It's like the resources aren't really there like they need to be there or like they mm -hmm. say they're there. Because last year, like I said, was really struggling. So I was doing full research. I shouldn't have to do all that. I should be able to call a number and boom, here you go. Right. Like it just wasn't as easy as what it needs to be. I didn't take on those free counseling sessions because it wasn't therapy. It was counseling. Like I don't need you helping me time manage and put my schedule together. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like I, I need help in other areas. I need to talk out situations. You guys can't right. help me with that. So it's just like the free counseling and I don't even know what other resources. I know that they talk. I don't know. They talk about resources, but right. just like like I said, if it's, I ain't heard of them, I don't know about them for real. Um, right. You really have to search. Um, we do have a lot of good like um, like the uh, wellness center and all that. Um, recreation and all that, we do have a lot of good resources for that. Those are more straightforward, but sometimes people just need, like, the mental connection, I guess, just to talk right. stuff out, and we don't really mm – -hmm. it's just not readily available, I guess. Right. And I, um, I like that you touched on the difference between – well, that there is a difference between counseling and therapy. And, you know, like, I want to be a social worker, and before I had the idea that counseling was therapy, you know what I mean? I just thought to a certain degree they were different, but overall I'm going to be helping someone – 
you know, through whatever problem or issue that they identified that brought them here. But really counseling is about the academics, you know, and like, yes, that plays a part. It could put, it could play a part in your mental health and why you feel the way you feel. But overall, that's not it. Like I actually need therapy. I have to talk about other stuff outside of school because more than likely there's something in your environment beforehand that affected you and you just probably identified it once you got to college. So it, it like in that also changed like, oh, I knew then, oh, I didn't want to be a counselor because I'm not saying I'm not worried about a child's, you know, academics, but mm-hmm. I'm more worried about the therapy side, I'm more about your mental health. And counseling doesn't really address that. Right. So does your school have, well, we just kind of talked about the resources, but have you seen any initiative to specifically help black people with mental health or even just making it more broad, like mm-hmm. minorities? Have you even seen like any spe- like more specific initiatives? Um, I'm going to say no right now. Um, I know that there is a black therapist on campus. And in a conference I had, I think about maybe a week and a half ago, um, she had a session and she's like a amazing person she's like so cool um so yeah it's I mean it's nice to see like a black woman in that um with that label with that role um f- as far as I know she's the only one um I don't really think they have any other resources specifically for um BIPOC students black indigenous people of color um and I feel I just don't understand why not I feel like as if I don't know if it's as if they don't want to because they're fearful that they're white students because we do go to a PWI mm-hmm. and they're predominantly the um, percentage of the school that they'll feel excluded. But we have separate type of traumas that stem from the society that is mostly white people. And I feel like, why aren't we addressing that with students in college? You know what I mean? So I don't understand why they don't. I don't know what the fear is, is if they're excluding a group. I'm not saying white people can't get therapy either. They should. But our, the, the reasons why we need therapy stems for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, personally, yeah, I just don't understand why we don't have more. But besides that, like, it's nice to have a representation of what I can be. It's nice that I can hold that role in the future. But there's nothing specific for, mm-hmm. like, you know, black students. I mean, when I go to BSU, sometimes... Like, we check in on each other, you know, before they start. They just check in. Anybody want to talk about anything or stuff like that? And that's very nice because you Mm -hmm. got other black students around you. And, you know, you can share something and more than likely somebody else is going through it or has gone through it. That helps. But as far as the campus, though, as a whole, no. Right. So how about you? Does your campus have anything specific to, like, black students or students of color? Um, Iowa State University does not have specific resources for, um, like, mental health resources for uh, students of color. Mm-hmm. overall so I don't even need to go into specific categories like black people like they don't mm-hmm. have that separate resource um, I say you would get the support from specific clubs like for example like the Women of Color Network which I'm on um, their board it's like that's a support group but it's just like there's no specific club not clubs but initiatives from the university right. to help it's kind of up to the students to to support each other and to put this together so yeah mm-hmm. so I have found this online resource. It's called like the Women's Center. Um, on their site, they um, stated that they're committed to promoting racial equality in our in our organization and mental health in general. So I really like. I thoroughly looked. I wasn't just going to speak of this one. Obviously, not thoroughly looking through, but it's very helpful. And I've actually used a few things on there, especially the podcast and some articles. Like they have a very long list of organizations that help, like fight that stigma of mental health, that mm-hmm. help um, mental health in the 
community of black people. I mean, even in the names, like you have a name that's melanin and mental health. Like, come on, I'm I'm, I'm already interested. Like, had, we're we're peeking fire. towards. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, right. first of all, your title is telling me what we're from, what we from do, what you mm -hmm. working Straight on. Straightforward. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what the well, my university. I'll speak on I. My university lacks. Like, you're not stepping forward, and I need a title. Like you said, you have to. Like, why are you doing the research for the help that you need? I should just be able to call a number. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so definitely. they had um, therapy for black girls. Yeah. Then they had therapy for black men. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, let's go. Like, and I will say I have checked out the therapy for black girls. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, that is a great, great, great website. I'm going to say it again, therapyforblackgirls.com. Period. <laughs> because I actually used that to um, find my therapist, mm -hmm. or the last one that I had. And basically, you can just like put in your area code. And it's kind of just like um, online shopping, you know, where you filter in what you need and they'll just give you straight to what you need. Like, right. there's a lot of telehealth on there. If y'all don't know what that is, I just like therapy through Zoom, basically online therapy. But I would say that's a great resource mm -hmm. and that's probably the most helpful. It's very straightforward. They have a podcast too. And yep. like just to kind of skip past the whole research and see what your city has and asking people around, it can be more low key, just mm -hmm. doing telehealth online. Right, and you can search that up yourself, but we've also, if you have a link at our website, we have a list of resources that we found helpful, and they're on there as well, mm -hmm. and there's a link to them as also. Um, so the uh, Women's Center also listed podcasts and apps. They have, like, the safe, um, the safe Place, and then they have Shine, Calm, Anxiety, and Stress. There are a few apps that can help you out. Um, they have articles on there, like I mentioned, that help with mental health and illness. Um, they give resources, tips, statistics, and coping mechanism, like they they finna cover you as best as possible. Like mm -hmm. you're not finna. I don't have to research outside of this on my own. They're gonna. I mean, hopefully you can find what you need in one place because that's very helpful. Like it it limits the stress. You know what I mean? Because now you're all over the place. Resources on campus, resources off campus, online. You know stuff like that. So it, hopefully, this is a resource that can help people and they can get it all in one place. Mm -hmm. So any final thoughts, comments, or things that you feel like people need to hear about mm -hmm. mental health and being a black woman in college? Yes. Um, it is not a white people's problem. It is not only a white people's problem. It's, it's a world problem. Like, it's something that we need to face for so long. I personally felt since the beginning of North America, mental health has always been, it's been a prominent issue. And, you know, um, obviously over time through history, we learn from things. And I feel now we're really facing what mental health is and helping people. Because for my generation, I'm very proud of us. I don't feel we let anything slide. I feel we speak up and we're active. Like, you're mm -hmm. not, like, if we we don't agree with something, you're going to hear about it for a long time. Right. Like, we don't we don't play about it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like, personally, for I, I've seen how it affected my parents. I've seen how it affected them growing up, their parents, and how they grew up. And we don't need to continue that cycle. Like, if you're questioning, if you, just to get an evaluation, just to check up on yourself and make sure you're good. Like, you may feel you're good, mm -hmm. but like you mentioned before, until you journaled, you was like, dang, I really was dealing with this, and I didn't even know because I was just continuing throughout my day. And, like, right. that's me too sometimes. Like, okay, like, dang, you really just sat here and wrote for 40 minutes, and you talking about you okay? Right. You're not okay. <laughs> like, you're lying. Like, you know what I mean? So just even just getting evaluated, hopefully you can do it on your campus for free because, first of all, love money you know, like save money, right. live better. There we go. College students. But, you know, just checking in on yourself. There's nothing wrong with checking in on yourself. And checking in on yourself, it does not mean that you have a problem. 
I definitely want to get away from that stigma of if there's a problem, you're a crazy person because you're not crazy. Like in the in the world of social work and psychology, we do not like that word crazy because people think of crazy like they think of psychotic people, like people who hurt people. There's something mentally wrong with them, and that's 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 not the case. Like we shouldn't look at it like that. So. I just personally want to say, like, check in on yourself. You make yourself a priority because you are important. If you're no good for yourself, you're not going to be no good for anything you want to do or for people. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything you want to add? Um, I will say that it's gonna—it's a hard journey and it doesn't ever end. But the resources are out there. Like, it sucks that you will have to do more research to get those resources, but they're out there. So, don't feel alone. And like Monifa said, we do have a resource page on our website specifically for just like dealing with mental health as a black girl in college, um, just dealing with mental health in general. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think that's all I have. So that concludes today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all the love. We post our episodes biweekly on Mondays, and on Wednesdays we post on YouTube. You can reach us at our website, blackgirlincollege.com, or on our Instagram at blackgirlincollegepodcast, and you can give us feedback through there on our episodes. And you, you can also see what we're working on at that time. So see you next time. Peace. Peace.